Welcome to the WIDA Connect podcast series, where we will explore all the hot topics affecting the equipment dealer industry. From industry news, government affairs, and manufacturer relations, to business best practices, technology, and marketing for equipment dealers. Brought to you by the Western Equipment Dealers Association, here to advocate, elevate, and educate. And now, let's connect. Hi, this is Mike Kramer, Western Equipment Dealers Association. We are close to completing our series of podcasts about questions to ask before acquiring a new manufacturer. As usual, I'm visiting with the CEO of the Western Equipment Dealers Association, John Schmeiser. John, how are you? Mike, I'm doing great. And once again, thank you for having me. John, in our previous podcast, we talked about the service tools, personnel training, manufacturer warranty policies. In this session, This is extremely important. You are going to be talking about contract termination. So we're on the clock, and let's begin with contract termination and what dealers can expect when terminated by a manufacturer. So, Mike, the most important document that a dealer is going to sign is is the contract that he has with the manufacturer. This is not a franchise agreement. It's a sales and service agreement. That's been the standard for our industry, you know, for as long as as anyone can remember. And it's very important for a dealer to know all of the provisions that are in that contract, let alone the the provisions on termination by a manufacturer. From a general overview, what we've seen over the past number of years is the manufacturers are putting more risk and more responsibility on their dealers as they continue the relationship. And the dealer has no option but to sign that contract, if he wants to be the retail outlet for that manufacturer in his community or in his area of responsibility. Now, fortunately, through the relationships that our association and other associations have established with the manufacturer, we're in constant communication about changes to the contract. And I have to give a lot of these manufacturers credit where, in a lot of cases, they will provide us a copy of their new dealer agreement in advance before it's provided out to the dealers. They're asking us to provide comment on it. Now, because of antitrust provisions, we can't negotiate on behalf of dealers when we receive these contracts, but we can can provide comment on that. And we provide this contract to our legal counsel to provide a, a general opinion of what the response from the industry, specifically equipment dealers, is going to be to these provisions that the manufacturer is put, putting forward. So wherever possible, we will work with the dealer council or the dealer advisory board of that manufacturer. We'll express you know, some considerations that we have or, or seek clarity on some of those provisions. And we will advise our dealer advisory council accordingly. And in a joint effort, we will express you know, our comments or these concerns to the manufacturers. And sometimes our concerns are addressed, sometimes they are not. Now, we understand that a manufacturer, you know, has accountability to their ownership, to their shareholders, and they're going to do what's in the best interest of their organization. But at the very least, we're sitting at the table, we're having this conversation with the manufacturers before the contract is distributed out to the dealers. So specifically, termination 
provisions in the contract by a manufacturer is perhaps the first thing that the dealer should pay attention to when they receive you know, that new or that amended contract from the manufacturer. And, and Mike, I have to add that our legal counsel will also provide a briefing note to our equipment dealers of that line, highlighting, you know, the major issues or the major changes in that contract. So they're not alone when they're reviewing the contract. You know, through their association, we are providing, you know, an overview and a review of the contract that can help them navigate through the legalese about what this contract actually means. Mm-hmm. So, so some of the things that we're seeing specifically with termination by manufacturer, and, and this is, is really gathered a lot of attention as new contracts are being rolled by the manufacturer, are, are issues like market share. So it's very important for a dealer to look at in that contract, is there a termination provision based on market share? Secondly, is there a termination provision in that contract based on purity? How about minimum stock orders? A dealer should clearly understanding what a minimum stock order requirement is on the contract. And if they don't meet that minimum stock order, can they be terminated by that manufacturer? Another very important one is capital requirements. Can a dealer be terminated down the road if the manufacturer adjusts their capital requirements and the dealer's not able to meet them. Uh, we're seeing that creep into as you know, both our manufacturers and our dealers get larger. What about facilities? We've seen manufacturers come out with dealer standards over the years and very specific requirements on what dealers should be having or need to have for their facilities. Can a dealer be terminated if they're not meeting the facility requirements? And if I may go you know, a little bit more specific, what about a cure period? Let's say a dealer does not meet some of these requirements, is facing termination from a manufacturer. Can a manufacturer terminate them based on these clauses on 60, 90 days notice, or maybe perhaps even less, 30 days notice, or can they be terminated immediately? Or does the manufacturer have a cure period as part of their contract provisions? And you know, what's the time period for that cure period? When a dealer receives notice, the cure period one year, or is it 18 months, or is it 24 months? And the advice that we, we provide dealers is if you receive a letter from the manufacturer that, you know, outlines you are under cure, or this is the cure period, do not overreact. You know, do, do not uh, get into uh, adversarial relationship with your manufacturer and their staff about this letter contact the association office and we'll assist, you know, with our resources mapping out, you know, a game plan about how we can get this cure period addressed, the provisions that are in that cure letter addressed. So a termination by manufacturer provisions, again, by far the most important provisions that a dealer should be looking at once, you know, they're looking at taking on a product line or if they get an amended contract from their manufacturer. So, Mike, I think this is really a a good segue into where we have some very protective provisions in our uh, states and our provinces where we have contract provisions in place. So, a number of our states and provinces have provisions in place that the dealer contract cannot be cancelled because of market share. The dealer contract cannot be cancelled because of 
security provisions, i.e. meaning that a dealer wants to carry a competitive product in the same facility or, or another facility. A number of our states and provinces have provisions in statute that a contract can't be cancelled because the dealer refuses to take inventory that's being forced on them uh, by a manufacturer. And a very important provision that we have in place in some of our jurisdictions that the contract cannot be cancelled because there is a change in ownership or within senior management at the dealership. So again, something that we've seen in a dealership contract is that the reach of the manufacturer going in fairly deep where some manufacturers want to have a say as to who the CEO of the organization is or who their senior leadership is, and their contract is contingent on the manufacturer signing off on on that senior leadership. And, you know, perhaps one of the most significant changes in legislation that equipment dealers associations have gotten for our members, our equipment dealers, is the change in ownership uh, provision. So, you know, very clearly, some of our jurisdictions state that a contract cannot be terminated because there is a change in ownership. That's successor rights to the dealerships that we did not have prior to this legislation coming in place. Again, for generations, the manufacturer controlled the contract through these provisions that they had. This legislation, at the very least, gave some dealers some protections that they would never, ever get in a contract. And this is extremely powerful for our equipment dealer members because it gives them some control over their destiny. It gives them some control about their ability to sell to who they want to as opposed to who the manufacturer's preference is uh, they sell to. We believe that gives more value to an equipment dealership, that there is value in that contract and, and gives value to the equipment dealer about what they want to sell. So the bottom line, when we look at the termination by manufacturer provisions that we're seeing in contract, we encourage all dealers to pay specific attention to the provisions that address what a manufacturer has to terminate them. Now, related to that, every equipment dealer who receives a new or amended contract should immediately contact their equipment dealer association and contact our office and, and our hotline to compare those provisions that are in the contract for termination versus what their rights and protections are under state and provincial law. And in every jurisdiction, Mike, state and provincial law overrides the contract provisions in that sales and service agreement. So dealers do have considerable protections under our state and provincial law. We view it as one of our key roles as our association is to balance those provisions in the contract with state and provincial law at the very least, tries to put dealers, you know, on some equal footing. But at the very least, knowledge and communication is key on this. We want our dealers to know what they're signing, and we certainly want them to know what their rights are. We will help them in explaining what their obligations are under this new agreement or when they're considering taking on a new product line. But at the very least, you know, we have the knowledge as to what their rights and protections are under state and provincial law. And it's key that a dealer knows that when he enters into a new business relationship with a manufacturer. 
Okay, we only have just a few moments left, John. I'm just kind of curious when we were talking about when they get a new contract, obviously to contact the association. Are the contracts offered with hard sign-by dates, and does the association have time to pivot to look at these contracts and make some comments about what is being suggested in that? Mike, that's a great question, and it's all over the map. Just recently, earlier this year, we saw a manufacturer come out with a new contract. It was released in the early part of the year, and they wanted dealers to sign it within 90 days. Our association got involved and tried to provide comment on it, but the manufacturer was not changing course. That was the contract, and dealers must sign it within 90 days. We've seen some of this process take over two years where the manufacturer has provided us with a draft. We've provided comment. New contract has been approved. And then they've rolled it out to their dealers in kind of a a tiered way, like over a six-month period. So there's no consistent pattern on how everybody does it. But we certainly want to compliment every manufacturer who rolls it out rather slowly so it can be evaluated, comment can be provided, and perhaps even... Yeah, a second look can be taken to some of the provisions that may cause problems for the industry down the road. Okay. Wow, John. Well, dealers who listen to this now know what they can expect from a manufacturer. And I think in the next one is what dealers need to consider when they initiate the termination of a contract. And I'm sure there's some things that are going to be discussed there that will give them some insight. John, this topic, this whole topic is, is fascinating, and it's, it's a great topic. And I think what the association does in this area is just a vital service to members. And I know it's something the association's board continues to review and evaluate. Uh, Just to remind everybody, there is a brochure, questions to ask before acquiring a new manufacturer. It's available on WIDA's website, and that's the Advocate tab at Western EDA. Look for the brochure. John Schmeiser, CEO of Western Equipment Dealers Association, as always, thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. And I'm Mike Kramer for the Western Equipment Dealers Association. Be safe, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. This has been WIDA Connect. If you have a question, would like to suggest future topics, or just tell us what you think about the show, we'd love to hear from you. Visit us at westerneda.com, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to We to Connect on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Until next time.